Welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I'm your host, Mr. Sutton, and it's great to be here with you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It's Sunday morning and got a really busy week ahead of me, but I've been thinking about something the past few days just from my time in Psalms 101. And so we're going to walk through this because I want to show you a progression that I think is very important for you and I to understand. And it's just a, an incredible psalm of David, one that is, he's got so much passion and so much zeal and resolutions in this psalm. And so I want to encourage us through the word. I want to encourage us through David's writing here, but I also want to point out some things that I think are, they're extremely important for you and I, like extremely important for the two of us. And so let's dive in. I'm just going to take a couple of verses at a time, and then we're going to walk through this. So the first part of this is that I want us to understand the mind of a righteous man. I want us to understand the mind of a righteous man. And so the first two verses here, this is what I'm going to, this is what all we're going to read. He says this, I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord, I will make Music. So this is David just thinking about worshiping the Lord, and he's thinking about not his steadfast love and justice, but he's thinking about God's steadfast love and justice. And though, and so when he when he thinks about those, he desires to worship. He desires to sing. I want to sing of your steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I'm going to make music. So I'm going to make praise to your name because you're worthy. And then verse two says. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. And brothers, I want us to think about this. So the worship of Lord, the worship of the Lord or the right thoughts of the Lord, right? Steadfast love and justice. I've already noted in another podcast several different times how it says the psalmist, it could be David or someone else, says he loves, Psalm 33, 5 says he loves righteousness and justice. And then later on, I want to say in a couple of psalms earlier, it says that righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. And so instead of righteousness here, he still talks about justice. See, David's talking about his steadfast love and like just the attributes of God, who God is. And you and I, as men of God, need to know who God is. This is probably the most important thing about you. I want to say that it was A.W. Tozer who said this. The most important thing about you is what you think of when you think of God, who you think God is. And so David's thinking about God in the right way, and that leads him to verse 2. He says, I'm going to ponder, I'm going to think about the way that is blameless. And then he says, not only am I going to think about it, he says, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. And so I just stopped there, and I wrote this down, and I was just thinking, okay, what does the word ponder mean? It means to think it means to just like to meditate on, to think deeply about, and he's thinking about the way that is blameless, the righteous way, how God would desire us to live. And then he goes, because of this, when I think about this, oh Lord, when will you come to me? In other words, like 
God, I need your presence. When I think about the way that is blameless, I think about you. I need your presence. When will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. This is the resolution of David. And so I started to look at the word ponder. And where else is ponder in Scripture? And so I came to Proverbs 4. And this is what Solomon says. He says, keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. We all know this, that passage. Then he says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And so Solomon Man, this is so very good and so very practical for you and I. Ponder the path of your feet. Think about that, what he said versus what David's saying in Psalm 101, verse 2. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Same thing. Same thing. Guys, this is what we must do. We must think deeply about the way that is blameless and the path of God. And to do this, we have to be obsessed with knowing who he is and what he desires us to do. Like verse 24, Proverbs 4, put away crooked speech and devious talk far from you. We're going to look at this later in this psalm, but man, this is the same thing David's saying. And I want you to understand that when you think about God, it is a part of keeping your heart with all vigilance. When you think about worthy thoughts about God, when you use your mind, it helps to guard your heart. And so then the next time I found it, the word ponder was in Proverbs 5, and it's more of a warning for you and I. Proverbs 5, verse 5, her feet go down to death. He's talking about the adulteress. Her steps follow the path of Sheol, and she does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. So I want to say this. If you and I are walking in habitual sin, it means that we're not stopping and thinking deeply about the path of life, the path of our feet, or as David puts it, the way that is blameless. Here we see it three different times. You, brother, I need to spend time thinking deeply about the Lord. David says he is going to ponder or think about his ways. Solomon says he's going to ponder the path that he's walking or that God's walking. And the adulteress doesn't ponder the path at all. At all. When you think about it, It goes from pondering or thinking, it turns into walking. This is the natural progression of life. We become what we behold. We become what we behold. The things that we're thinking about constantly is who we become. Just yesterday, it was Saturday, and it was big rivalry weekend in football here in the United States. And this is college football. And I'm telling you, People are passionate about college football. I love Alabama football. 
my son now loves Auburn football. And so we really look forward to this weekend because it's fun. We think it's fun, but we have to be careful. If this is our main obsession, if this is what drives our happiness, drives our meaning in life, then we've got problems. We are going to become what we behold. And these things have a way of becoming idols to us. I have a very distinct charge from the Lord to be careful and deliberate about what my mind is fixed on and thinking about. Listen to what David says in Psalm 143, verses 5 and 6. He says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hand. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Now, hear me, brothers. There is a reason why men struggle with finding enjoyment in their quiet time. If this is you, if you would rather pull up social media first thing when you get up in the morning, if you would rather get to work first thing in the morning, if you would rather go work out first thing in the morning, whatever it is, if those because you're just kind of dreading this quiet time, I get it. I have been there. But look at what David is saying here. He said, when I remembered, when I meditated, when I pondered on you, my soul thirsts for you. Do you want to know the secret to desiring God? It's using your mind to think and to meditate and to remember all that he's done, to look at him in the word and to think deeply about him in the word. Well, you may say, I'm not a deep thinker. This is not what I do. That doesn't matter. Give yourself to this, remembering and meditating and pondering on all the Lord has done throughout history, especially the gospel of Jesus Christ, as well as my life personally, it leads to me desiring him more, thirsting, my soul thirst for God. Not his gifts, but to know him more, to worship him more, to obey him more. Isn't this the same thing that Paul was saying in Romans 8, verse 5? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, so they ponder about things of the flesh. So if you're a businessman, I love businessmen. I'm one. But if all we are thinking about is money and profit and EBITDA and marketing and sales without a gospel lens— then we're just dwelling on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the things on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. And I want to point something else out to us before we move on here. And that is... He says this in verse 2. David says, going back to our passage, Psalm 101, verse 2, he says, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. This is in the privacy of our own home. And we love to say that, the privacy of our own home. And it is true that who you are at home is who you are, period. And nothing more or nothing less. Who you are at home is who you are period the end. Spurgeon said this, he said, piety 
or holiness must begin at home. Notice that these words are a part of a song and that there is no music like the harmony of a gracious life, no psalm so sweet as the daily practice of holiness. What we are at home, that we are indeed. 100%. Know this. Who you are at home is who you are, period, the end. Your wife knows it. Your kids know it. If you're single, you know it. So if I'm out teaching and talking and encouraging other people to live a certain way, and then at home, I'm not living that way, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. So when I tell you the path to sexual purity is a hungering and a thirsting for the Lord. And the way you get that is to think and to meditate and to ponder his ways and the works of his hand and the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I'm telling you that, it's only because that's what I am doing. And the only reason I'm doing that is because I'm desperate. I'm a desperate sinner who needs him. There's no hope apart from him for me. None. And so let's move on. Another resolution that David makes here, verse 3, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of all those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. These are resolutions that spring from thoughts, worthy thoughts of God. So when we have worthy thoughts of God, then we say things like, I will not Set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Like This is a promise that he's making. I will not. And so when a man thinks deeply on God and meditates on who he is, it naturally leads to both praise and promise. And the promise here is to walk with integrity in the most private places and to remove temptation to sin not setting his eyes before anything that is worthless. And David went even further, and he said, not only will I not set it before my eyes, I will hate the work of those who fall away. And so we see this passion from David, these resolutions, like he is in a moment saying, Lord, whatever you love, I'm going to love, and whatever you hate, I'm going to hate. I'm going to remove it far from me. This is praise and promise. And so I was thinking about who was passionate about the holiness of God. And I started thinking about the Old Testament. And I started thinking about just different stories. And there is this story of the children of Israel who started having sex with the women, the Canaanites. I can't really remember. I'll pull up the passage here in just a second. But anyway, they started worshiping their gods and having sex with their women. And all of a sudden, this outbreak came over the people. God's wrath was stirred up. And so I'm going to read to you Numbers 25. I'm going to read about this man who was passionate about the holiness of God. And behold, One of the people of Israel came and brought a Midianite woman to his family in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation of the people of Israel while they were weeping in the entrance of the tent of meeting. So they were weeping because God's wrath had come upon the people and they were sinning and they knew it. When Phinehas, the son of 
Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose and left the congregation and took a spear in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the chamber and pierced both of them, the man of Israel and the woman, through her belly. Thus the plague of the people of Israel will stop. Now, this is not saying (laughs) be violent against sin that you see in other people. What we need to learn from this is how men of God should passionately hate the sin in their own life, especially sexual sin, because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to see this and what happened as a result of this. Verse 10 of Numbers 25, And the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the people of Israel in that he was jealous with my jealousy among them, so that I did not consume the people of Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say, Behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, and it shall be to him and to his descendants after him the covenant of hetual priesthood, because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the people of Israel. So he was honored here. And then later, as we read, he led people to war. He led the people of God to war. So not only was he a priest and drew close to God, but this man was also a warrior for God. And so he has a name today in God's word for the passion he displayed for the glory of God's name. Psalm 106 says this, Then Phinehas stood up and intervened, and the plague was stayed, and that was counted to him as righteousness from generation to generation forever. So just another example. Not only are we reading about David, but we're also reading about other men of God who are passionate about putting sin to death. And why were they passionate? Why was Phinehas so passionate that he would take a spear and go and and kill these two people. He was passionate because he knew who God was. If he didn't have an understanding of who God was, if he didn't know God personally, intimately, even back then in the Old Testament, if he didn't know him, then he would be indifferent. This is this psalm that we're reading, Psalm 101, this Psalm 106, the story in Numbers, these people were not indifferent to the glory of God. They were not indifferent to who God was. And yet, we live as if it doesn't matter many times. We live as if it just doesn't matter all that much. Think about this. And the crazy thing is, as passionate and as earnest as David was, we know from history that he too failed in a big way. And so we're going to look at that. Like The truth is, if David can drift way out to sea, if he can drift in sin in, in incredibly obvious ways, who are we? All right, let's move on to one more <laughs> resolution here that I want to share with you guys in Psalm 101. Verse 6 says this, I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. No one who practices deceit 
will dwell in my house. No one who utters lies will continue before my eyes. Morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Man, (laughs) David is making some emphatic statements here. So at the beginning when he's talking about God, this just leads to the rest of the psalm where he is saying, I will so much certainty and so much clarity. He didn't doubt his words or his resolutions. He made them. And I would say, let me give you some encouragement, brother. I'm I'm sitting here. As I was reading it, I was also writing, and I was like, there's something about writing these things down that is very important. David wasn't just thinking these things, although I'm sure he did, but he took pen and he took paper or parchment and he wrote these things down. There's something about writing down our resolutions and sharing them with other people that is critical. How many self-promises have you made and kept quiet and failed? Probably too many to count. Same here. Saying these things to myself is one thing and I need to do that, but writing them down and sharing them with brothers is something completely different because it doesn't let you off the hook. We're way too self-deceived. And honestly, in the morning time, in my quiet time, it is much easier to make these resolutions and to keep them and to walk out of my door with a steadfast heart than it is to come back in the evening after a long day of work. I've had problem after problem at the office with people, with processes, with everything that goes on when you're growing a big company. When I come home and I struggle to have the same resolutions within myself, it's important to share these with other brothers who can, in turn, lift us up and encourage us and exhort us. And so what we see here is David set his eyes on the faithful in the land. He says, I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. So David's saying, I can't do this alone. The blameless, the one who walks in the way, that's the person that's going to minister to me because I can't do it alone. If you're listening to this and you don't have somebody who is 100% honest with you, 100% committed to telling you the truth, then you're setting yourself up for defeat. If you're too scared to share the sin in your life, then that's on you. You have to take responsibility. You have to have the courage to say, I need somebody. And listen, there are no self-made men in this world. There are no self-sufficient, self-reliant men in this world. That's a joke. It's what the world wants to promote, but it's not true. That leads to disaster. That leads to self-deceit. He needed faithful men to dwell with him, to encourage him, to exhort him, to care for his soul because they too cared for God's glory. And so what you need is you need men around you who are pursuing this personal and deep relationship with Christ. They are passionate about knowing who God is. And so as I was thinking about David, I was thinking about this sin with Bathsheba and Uriah, and I thought that more than likely all of the faithful men in the land, the ones who cared for his soul, were off fighting 
in the war as well. It wasn't just that he stayed back, it's that he stayed back alone. We don't read of anybody else being around David at this time. So maybe all his faithful men went off to war. Maybe he was alone when he should have been out fighting. This is so important for us. But then he, verse 7, he says, No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house, and no one who utters lies will continue before my eyes. This is great resolution. Like He will not befriend and make friends with and hang out with and let them to influence him, men who are evil. Men who practice deceit. And men who fall into deceit and who lie are men who don't trust God. I have to turn this on myself because I'm easily deceived by myself. And this was David's own issue. He was not out to war. His faithful men were. No one was there to bounce the idea of adultery and murder off of. Who can I talk to and see if this is a good idea? David never said that. He never said, where's a faithful brother that I can bring into this conversation that I'm having with myself I'm starting to deceive myself, so who do I need to talk to ask them, is this a good idea that I take this woman who's not my wife and sleep with her? Is this a good idea that I command Uriah to be murdered? Understand, these are all stories that David's telling himself. Deceit, lies, adultery, murder. He saw, he desired, he coveted, he planned this deceit in his heart, and he lied to himself, and he lied to others to have him murdered. We have to recognize that we are the biggest deceivers of ourselves. We lie to ourselves. Our flesh is deceitful. Our hearts can be deceitful. Like anytime I'm believing a story that's not true, that leads me to pornography and masturbation, I have to realize it's me. It's me. I want to blame other people. I want to blame my wife. I want to blame my circumstances. I want to blame stress. I want to blame loneliness. I want to blame all these triggers. I want to blame Instagram. I want to blame all these models. I want to blame the fact that it's so accessible. Brother, realize that you and I are constantly telling and believing lies. And so this leads to verse 8. Morning by morning, I will... destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off the evil doers from the city of the Lord. So I want you to take that passage. I want you to internalize it. I wrote out a prayer to myself. I typed it out and I said, morning by morning, I must destroy the liar within. I must destroy and cut off anything in me that desires deceit so that I can get what I want. I've got to confront the liar within me with the sword of truth and strike him with a blow every single morning. That's why I don't get how guys can live their whole day, go through a whole day without going to war with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I know that when I don't do that, I'm easily deceived. I lie to myself. I lie to Christ. I lie to brothers. It's easy for me to deceive even brothers. This is the truth. I can have brothers who are faithful in the land who desire to see good things and desire for me to walk in holiness 
because they want to walk in holiness and it's easy for me to deceive them. This is what we do in church. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You good? And we never share the truth of the crap that we're going through. So if that's what you have around you or brothers who you are constantly deflecting issues away from and not being truthful with, then you need to find other brothers or you need to have the courage to tell the truth. You need to have the courage to tell the truth. And this is on you and this is on me. Nobody's going to do this for us. So I would encourage you, as we close today, Psalm 101, I would encourage you to take that psalm write it out, underline, highlight, then I start writing my thoughts and look at, I want you just to look at all these resolutions and think to yourself, ask yourself, are there any resolutions I need to make? We're coming up at the end of the year. 2022 is almost over. 2023 will be here. Another year is coming and you don't need to wait. You don't need to delay. Do it now. Every single day, is a new day to make a resolution to honor the Lord with your body, to honor the Lord with your mind. And it begins with what you think about and what you ponder in your heart. Think about His way. Think about the path of life. Examine your path. Are you on that path or are you not on that path? And if you're not, you better find brothers who will tell you the truth and tell you to get back on it, encourage you. And I mentioned this in the last episode, but I'm putting together a group like this. This is going to be online. We are going to have calls every week. We're going to have calls every single week where we're encouraging each other. We're being real with each other. I think men are craving to get out of the isolation, to get out of the darkness. I think men are craving, like men in the church are craving authenticity. Men in the church are craving the opportunity to say, I'm a sinner. I struggle with pornography. I look at it every day. I look at it every week. I look at it every month. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling at work, I'm struggling with my body, with overeating. I don't exercise. Like, whatever it is, I think men are craving that. And instead of walking towards it, I think men are sedating with more porn, with more things that they think will get them better, but they don't. They end up just wasting their lives. I know, brothers, because this was what I did. We cannot afford to waste our lives. And so I'm going to be announcing that soon, very soon, hopefully within the next 30 days. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. This is going to be easy. I'm going to make it easy for you to say yes. And your brothers, like if you have a, a group of brothers, friends, I'm going to make it easy for you all to say yes to this. All right, guys, I'll be back with another episode of Porn in the Gospel. And I hope you all have a fantastic God-honoring day, week, month, end of year. Finish strong, guys. All right, talk to you all later.